Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. What people want is they want all the votes to be counted. Nobody on the left is claiming that Joe Biden's going to win Vinegar and Gang Day. Right, because the left understands that Democrats take the pandemic more seriously and will prefer to vote from home. The vote that counts yeah. is when you go into a booth and close it. Why? And, and because it has no ability to be handled by anybody else. Steve, we have a system system in this country, including the system by which your your candidate won in 2016. Every every vote that's certified should count. But they're going to try to overturn this election with uncertified votes. It's going to be crazy lawsuits on naked ballots on every different aspect of it. Those counting rooms are going to be knife fights. With this scale of votes, we'll go into January, and that's when the firestorm starts. That you think will end up being, it's still January, we don't have a president. Yes. And the fight then moves to Washington. Yes. How do you think it ends up? Right before noon on the 20th. In a vote in the House, Trump, Trump will uh, Trump will win the presidency. Uh, when I look at the enthusiasm, and we have enthusiasm like probably nobody's ever had. Our people that love the job we're doing, we have more enthusiasm than maybe anybody. So uh, it's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it, and I understand it, and it's. A very interesting thing, and I'm going to be letting you know about it. In the meantime, we love the USA, and we love what's happening. Thank you. Trump's recovery is America's recovery. You're live. You're in the war room, nation's capital, Jack Maxey, Raheem Kassam, and yes, even producer Vish. It's Monday, the 5th of October, year of our Lord, 2020. What is it, 27 and a wake-up, 28 and a wake-up? Episode 419, what, close to 16 million downloads, somewhere in there? John Frederick's Radio Network, RealAmericasVoice.News. That is Dish Channel. It is Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113. You've also got Newsmax. Newsmax grinds this thing all weekend. You can see it late at night in a rebroadcast. Um, G News GTV throughout the world in Mandarin. Blown out everywhere on Facebook, Roku, all the different platforms. We're ubiquitous, and the reason is we want to make sure you've got access wherever you are. Uh, Real Clear Politics has a uh, article over the weekend: twenty-eight million mail-in ballots over the last four uh, over the last four elections not turned in, missing. Uh, you know, John, that was John Hallman last night. The uh, the Showtime producer Vish and I were up, uh, spent uh, the uh, debate night with the um, the circus crew. I think it's the fourth, third, or fourth, fourth time I think I've been on the circus. Opened up the uh, two thousand nineteen season. Southern District of New York. should watch that. (laughs) 
embrace the suck. Um, and it came as a big surprise. You know, that trailer actually didn't make it into the show itself. They didn't have time. They had so much news because they actually had to talk about President Trump's going to the, um, you know, his weekend excursion, right, which we'll get to in a second with Jack Maxey giving us a medical update. And um, Jack Maxey's not a doctor. He just plays one on the war room. He's just channeling. He's just channeling Rish Zelenko, Hatfield. He's got a whole um, crew there. Uh, but here's the thing. The reason they put that trailer up is that this was all news. War Room, you've been hearing this now for two or three months. And from the National Pulse, Raheem Kassam's detailed breakdown annotated at least for a month and a half, two months. The left is like completely gobsmacked. What are you talking about? Uh, you should read out. <laughs> you should be reading what your people are putting out. Lawfare, uh, social media, oligarchs, mainstream media. And street muscle of Antifa and certain elements of Black Lives Matter. It's all converging. You're going to try to reverse the election. Now it's a mad scramble. The Democrats over the last couple of days have, have said, hey, we got to get people out knocking on doors. We need people to show up, to actually show up to vote. Nancy Pelosi, your entire crew, you've been found, right? Trump's going to have a massive game day win, and you're going to sit there and try to steal it. Yes, steal it. Mother Jones today, Raheem Kassam have... Uh, by the way, Raheem, did you get a hair? You look particularly... Did you get a haircut? No. Okay. Just brushed it. Just brushed it? <laughs> so, so that camera from New York doesn't quite c catch the, your, your entire glory. Um, a lot to go through. Let's start. We'll come back with, we'll come back with all, the, all the elements of the, of the fight that matters. By the way, they, they, they freaked out when they said knife fight. Bannon's saying knife fight. Mm. In the, yeah. Yes. It's going to be a knife fight. Every ballot, Democrats embrace this, every ballot, every ballot is going to be contested. If it's legit, if it's certifiable, if it meets all the criteria, hey, it's got to be counted. That's democracy, right? We have no problem matching up with, with real votes. But if it's voting by the pound, voting by the pallet, voting with your ballot harvesting, it's all got to match up. The signatures, the addresses, the registrations, you got to have the outside envelopes, all of it. 30% of yours in Brooklyn in your own primary, not certifiable. 20% in Manhattan, not certifiable. I understand you're freaking out because all these polls are not particularly relevant. What's relevant is who's showing up on game day. And you know what? Trump leads by 21%, 22% on that. This is going to come down to a fight like in 16, low propensity voters. Right now, they're just cannibalizing what they're doing on, on, uh, on game day. That's where the Democrats are starting to panic a little bit. Why do you think they're out with taking, taking Bloomberg's money? Why are, they, why are they trying to pay off, pay off every felon in the world to go vote? They're, they're in panic mode now because they realize all of their mail-in, they've traumatized, and they once again, on Showtime, they traumatize all weekend. If you're a Democrat, you know what I want to do? I want to go down. I want to get under a desk in my basement and pull the covers around me, right? Because it's relentless. CNN, MSNBC, it's like you can't, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Look at New York City. de Blasio strikes again. Here's what's going to happen. The Democrats can understand there's a ton of working class Democrats and middle class Democrats say, I just can't do this anymore. We're, we're a nation that understands data and evidence and science. And there's a way through here. We're the guys that said, hey, this is a CCP virus. Dr. Yan tells you it's manufactured in a lab, either gain of function or a bioweapon. You pick them, right? So this is, and we said from day one, you don't want to get this. 
in particular, I guess we blew through. Jack Maxey's been had the long face all weekend. He's had a group hug with his posse because hydroxy was not on the menu. I don't know if it was used or not. I'm just saying it was not on the menu that, that got put out. It got put out. No hydroxy. He took everything else, though. Did he take the zinc and, and the uh, zistermycin? Did he take everything else? He did not. And he did not. But I'm happy because there was a study that came out today out of Europe. Don't be, don't retrospective be, don't be study back, from don't Belgium. Don't be back in Philly. When they, he took Remdesivir at 11 o'clock at night, that's when I was not feeling good. I felt his pain. I go, oh, my God. This is what they gave Boris Johnson in day eight. What are we doing here? Jack, Jack Mack, seriously. Did you and the posse have like a... Uh, you have a sweat lodge over the weekend that you like get in a circle and <laughs> do one of the. A you seance. did. You did a no. You did a proud boys. You know, masculinity bonding. We're still right. What happened to my hydroxy? We've been beating the drum on hydroxy forever. Well, you know, I have. To Was say, it too late for that? I, I have to say that they were putting him in the hospital, right? And he's the president of the United States, so obviously his doctors they're they're more frightened of him dying on their watch than anything, right? So they're going to try and throw everything that they can at him. Here's the thing that the listeners have to understand. Looks like Donald Trump's illness is totally resolving. Guess what? This would be true of more than 98% know, CNN, of CNN, all Americans. But CNN's telling me, CNN, Poppy Harlow, who's got the long, they all got the long face. You know, they all got the long face, you know, more, more in, uh, in sorrow than in anger. Right? <laughs> they got the long face. Is it because he's... <laughs> what is the story of the steroids? And is this any relation to the steroids in the 2,000 tweets this morning? Is there any cor- I'm just saying, is there any correlation? Okay, he, Gabby Orr. Well, he's, he's, what, did, what did Gabby do? I love G- Gabby. Gabby Orr over at Politico tweeted, looks like the, what's it called? Dexa, whatever Methazone. it is. Dexamethasone's kicked in. And then she got ratioed well, so hard, she pulled the tweet. Well, I, if anyone's ever is taken... Is there some underlying truth to that? If anyone's ever taken a prednisone or any of these steroids, they they do kind of give you an internal buzz. I mean, there is a kind of... I realize what we're going to do with Jack. Jack is now like the guy in the Kennedy administration, Dr. Feelgood. Walk in. You got a B12 shot there? (laughs) Get a big fat shot in the ass. Don't think we're missing the underlying thought going through your head now, which is, hey, maybe I don't need the Red Bulls. Maybe Jack could just shoot me up with things. I got got lit up. People close to me lit me up on the Red Bull thing. Fish had a moment of weakness. I had three Red Bulls. I was so Jack. First of all, it was like five hours. uh, We went through the Hofstra, the first debate. I was so jacked, and these are these big ice cold Red Bulls. Didn't need anything. Didn't need anything. I hadn't Just had a Red Bull. Red I hadn't had a Red Bull in six months, right? <laughs> I was lit. Okay, um, we got to get serious. I guess we are serious, but I want to get back to, um, in, in particular, this first episode. The President of the United States, he's walking tall. He's Buford Pusser today, or whatever. He's walking out of that thing today, right? Unless they throw a chance. I, I, I think, hey, listen to the doctors. Listen to the regimen. What you don't want is you cannot go back. Once you go out, you're out. And I, here, here's the compare and contrast. This is what I was trying to say on, on Showtime last night from the other night on when they got my observations live. I believe if President Trump had just let Biden finish that, that he won the debate, and here's why. Let's go back to the details of what matters, and let's talk about the pandemic supposed to be his worst thing. Trump actually walks through a fairly sophisticated – now, he doesn't use fancy terms like second and third order magnitude, but he's talking about second and third order. Biden's response is 
I'm gonna let the scientist, you know, I'm gonna let the medical authority. But no, that's in a in the real world that doesn't work. De Blasio's doing that. Everybody in New York that's a Democrat, are you loving what's? It just you no, you because you have to have. We understand with tar- targeted, you know, interventions, comorbidities. We've come up the learning curve, which is what the United States does. Hey, remember in World War II, you had the Kazarine Pass, you know, before you had Normandy, right? With learning curve. We're a learning as a country. The reason about our system of freedom and liberty and all that is that people can think things through and rationally come up with solutions, right? That, that, and that's what we're doing. That's why Trump's recovery is America's recovery. Biden just doesn't have a plan. You know, he, he didn't have a plan when he was here, the, when he had the Democrat convention, he talked about the thing in March, which is go get some masks and, and, and complete, to, I got it, get a mask, testing, all that, but give me what the plan is. Kamala Harris came back for the pre buttle didn't work. So I want to go to, we got two minutes, Jack, just real quickly, the, 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 all kidding aside, what, Friday, because you're on this and your posse's on this, even you were a little surprised about the, the, the heavy artillery we brought in fairly quickly. I was surprised that they went to that. And also, we spoke about this on uh, Saturday morning. I was talking to one of my doctor buddies. And the reality is the guidelines, the FDA guidelines on the emergency use authorization for remdesivir require that you be in a hospitalized setting because this drug is given intravenously. It's actually a powder that they put in solution with distilled water. But the the intravenous application of this drug takes anywhere from 30 to 90 minutes because they give it to you in a slow drip or in, uh, you know, with a timed plunger. And they requires that they get kidney uh, tests every day and liver tests every day. Now, the president's doctor said that none of, he's seen no change in either his liver or kidney Are you function. saying technically, you're saying technically he should not leave until tomorrow? That'd be the fifth day, right? Well, it Just seems saying. like T- tomorrow night, right? By, by the, according to who? I mean, it's a recommendation, right? This is the president of the when, United when, States. When, did, when, did Boris, when did Boris take remdesivir? I think he's still in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But sir, when, when he took it, he had been, he'd been screwed yeah, it was, for, it was, for yeah. like three mm-hmm. weeks. Um, I think he had been, yeah, in maybe about two weeks he had and had when, it. And when yeah. they jacked him up with remdesivir. That's right, yeah. And okay. also, one of the things we're seeing with this disease are the people who take a really bad turn up front, which seems like it may have been this case with Boris Johnson, tend to have a much more difficult time. The guy had a fever, had, uh, had uh, viral load spiking on Friday, our guy. That's not bad? I think the guy's a bull, man. He's a mastiff on a chain. It's going to stop him. Okay, we're going to be back in a second. We're in pandemic. Return in a moment. Gave Trump a two-point national edge. War Room. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We're going to have Darren Beatty on later uh, from Revolver to talk about how they're going to try to steal uh, the election. Yes, Mother Jones, uh, all other left-wing outlets, you're trying to steal what is going to be a real vote. I know your head blows up on that, but listen, we've got the spotlight on you guys, so nothing's going to happen untoward here. All throughout the nation, nothing, stories today, 20 stories, they're fighting everywhere, right? The Trump movement. Is not going to run. They got a sting on the hill. The, the Republicans are getting all. Oh, they're all you know. Roller coaster weekend. Hello, hello. It's a fourth turning. It's a pandemic. You know, don't wet yourself. God, 
they're they're all concerned. It's a roller coaster weekend. Look at Ronda McDaniel. I think she's done a terrific job. She, she's a stalwart. Bat, you know, lean on her. She's got she's got the virus, and she's she's a tough fighter. These you know all the things. Lindsey Graham, boom, 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 boom. Hey, man up, <laughs> right? Man up. Or we're going to send you to Jack Maxey's Re- sweat, sweat Lodge, his Re- masculine. <laughs> we're going to have the – I want to have the, the I want to have the guy from the club, the health club. The Ian, ma- Ian you're not going to join Proud Boys, okay? You're, this, this is your group. This is your posse. Lean on Vish. Um, okay, we got a lot of – we got serious stuff to get to. Real quickly, uh, talking about the president leaving today, you get called out during the break by the one Raheem Kassam. Count them. Can he – is the five days need to be done at Walter Reed? Why did they take him to Walter Reed and do the remdesivir? Does that need to be done at Walter Reed? Can he go back to the White House and still do that well, protocol? remember the, the president has a massive medical team. I mean he has a, the equivalent of a small clinic or a small uh, hospital inside the White House. So I'm sure all these tests that would be uh, require hospitalization for your average American can be done at, at the president's convenience now, I'm just looking at the timeline. If he got the remdesivir on Friday, the typical course is five days. So that would make Tuesday his theoretical last Tuesday dosage. night. Now, of course, with consultation for the doctors, let's say his viral load has completely dropped. They may decide to end the treatment early. That's a possibility. Uh, I think the one really great thing about this, the president has gotten sick. We were all panicked over the weekend. Uh, you know, you see the mainstream media trying to make it look like the sky is we falling in. Well, no, we weren't no, panicked. CNN, but, no, the mass hysteria, the main, they, they've worked, hey, all the help they thought they were going to get of people going knocking on doors, they killed it this weekend. More mass hysteria. Yeah, and you know what President Trump is doing? He's doing what he's done all along. It's his leadership style. He's showing the American people that we need to stand up, that we need to be brave, and that we together can get through this. And we're watching him get through it, and that means anything that he can do, you can do. Okay, here's the thing. This is, I'm going to give you signal, not noise. And I, we need to hear from hashtag war and pandemic, and we need to hear from the live stream. By the way, later on, we got Beatty Revolver. We got the Chinese coming on to show you she's sitting there going, oh, we helped Melania thing. Hey, the real deal is, as Miles Quote said on Saturday, and now we've filmed it up. We got Jasmine and Zach on in the second hour. There's nothing but pure hate on social media. I mean, it's worse than it's worse than the left here. I mean, it's just pure hate. Hope Trump's dies. Get a discount. Get free drinks, you know, at restaurants. It's outrageous. However, uh, Operation MAGA. The single best photograph Trump has ever had since his time of being president is that photograph at that table on Friday night with the no tie and the hair and just sitting there working with reports and papers. I mean, boom, that, that's a guy. What did we say on Friday? Another day at the office. It's another. And I think the best video he's ever made ever. In, including all the rally stuff, is that very simple thing he made yesterday. He says, hey, I went to the school of basically hard knocks here. And, you know, his recovery is um, America's recovery. And he's, you know, he's done, he's done the, the best job given the circumstances with no alternative to the Democrats. You want to see the alternative America? Look at New York City. New York City is the greatest city in the world. It is a ghost town. Run by it's run by an insane asylum now. You're going to have a revolt of of uh, you're going to have revolt of um, you're going to have a revolt of Democrats um, over at uh, in Queens. Democrats, not Republicans, Democrats, Asian Americans, others 
that are going to revolt. I think it's the Jewish communities and the Asian communities are some of the communities are going to shut down. You're going to have a revolt of Democrats. And the reason is they're just not going to take another, another hard shutdown again, right? This is de Blasio. Biden, de Blasio, America is not feasible. So, Raheem, I want to go where we've got this on, on the mass hysteria. Now mm. we're seeing mass, the mass hysteria from the pandemic has now seeped in. This is why I wanted to do Showtime last night. It's now seeped into the mass hysteria about voting. Mm. Look, I mean, the Mother Jones article on this, one of the things that we pride ourselves on doing here in the war room is making sure that we know what the opposition is saying. And I don't just mean the CNN opposition, right? I mean the hard, hard the left. Smart, the smart opposition, like Mother yeah. Jones, he, Nation, the guys are smart. They, they are. They're, they're thought leaders on the left, and they're the ones dragging the left further and further to the left. So if you know where they're going, you know what the next two weeks, two months, two years looks like. Here's what Mother Jones is saying. An hour ago, pops this article, 29 ways Trump and the GOP are making it harder to vote uh, and this is a, a, a dual byline very very substantial uh, article that lay, goes through 29 different things that they claim the right is doing to, to suppress the uh, to suppress the left but here's the thing you go through them one by one and every almost every single thing I think there's one on here that I actually agree with them on but every single other thing point that they make are things that are part of the norms of a US election right uh, for instance the, the idea that there can be they lay into voting by mail as their first big thing the idea that there can be universal voting by mail um and that you don't have to have an excuse to vote by mail you don't have to have a reason to vote by mail they attack that they attack the idea of um preventing more of these drop boxes that we've already seen these drop boxes causing problems uh, around the country and they want more and more of these drop boxes all around the country preventing that they say is another mechanism by which the right is stopping the left from voting and throwing out ballots with mismatched signatures they're complaining about that think about what they're saying there they're hold, saying hold on hold on so so they're attacking really legal voting that what's yes. a mismatch signature means hey somebody's the signature is different than the person actually signed the registrar or registered to vote right that's right. What's their justification for that? They say in 2018, more than 100,000 mail-in ballots were rejected because of a mismatch or missing signature Oops. on the return envelope. In Oops. Florida, young voters and voters of... 72,000. They, they say in Florida, young voters and voters of color were far more likely to have their ballots thrown out for a mismatch signature than elderly and white voters. Now, well, I mean, you know, I Oops. think at that point you, you go and go, hey, why is that the case? And let's fix that. Not let's allow mismatch signatures or missing signatures from a ballot because that effectively means anybody i mean those three ballots that arrived at my house last week i could just i, I want to reframe this just for a second as you continue to go through this you brought up the most salient point the other day 16 was what 72 that was right. 10 yeah, was nothing. michigan wisconsin pennsylvania these were these were you know yeah, razor thin right and michael moore all, michael moore always brings up the thing in michigan i think there were eighty thousand ballots that didn't have a vote for the presidency. It was down ticket straight Democrats. So this is this is going to be in this time. Even that, all the MAGA guys think it's going to be a landslide. Hey, God bless you. I hope it is, but let's assume it's not. Ten thousand seven hundred and four in Michigan, forty six thousand seven hundred and sixty five in Pennsylvania, twenty two thousand one hundred and seventy seven in Wisconsin. Right. So when you when you're talking about the the trickle of thousands of these ballots. Uh, or tens of thousands of these ballots that don't seem like a lot in the 160 million odd ballots set to be cast. It's everything. Well, 100,000, you're telling 100,000, was that 16 or 18 that you mentioned? 16. 
in 16, 100,000, hey, if two-thirds of those, or if the breakdown's two-thirds Democrat to one-third thing, guess what? Hello, that's the difference in the election. Just saying, right? Just want you Democrats to, to feel worse today while you're, you're hunkered down, right? Putting your mask on down in the cave of your the, the bunker. House, the bunker. <laughs> I also want to reiterate for our listeners, we've got a lot of elderly relatives who are in these elderly care facilities. These are centers of ballot harvesting. They have these people go in there. They take advantage of people who are elderly who may not necessarily be completely squared away mentally. This is a moment in time when you've got to defend the ballot of your elderly relatives from these people who would come in and try and get them to vote the way they want them to rather than the way they want to vote. By the way, so about doing about doing a mail-in vote, remember the first thing Bill McGinley said two months ago, own your vote. If for some reason you're not certain that you can actually get to a polling station on uh, on uh, November 3rd and you've got the ability to vote by mail, you should do it, but you should own it. Make sure the signal everything's got to line up. We only want certifiable votes, and that includes votes for President Trump. We don't want any, you know, if it's, if it's, and the thing I said, the difference between going to ballot box where you actually do it, a lot of hands are going to, a lot of people are going to put hands on your ballot in a mail-in. That's just the way the system works. And now at this heightened intensity, it was so great when the, uh, when the Showtime thing came up last night, the Wall Street Journal hit with an article about the lawyers, right? And started with about New York lawyers, both Republicans and Democrats are going to go throughout the nation. It started with a story about a Republican lawyer. That's going to go out to the hinterland. This is going to be a knife fight. People, you know, Mother Jones is just going to have to embrace that. You're 29 ways. Raheem Kassam only finds one he agrees with. The rest of it is quite, not quite legal, right? If the, if the signatures don't match up, tough. That I think it's doing provisional. you got to come, call them down, right? And the, the nightmare is going to be how many days after you're voting, how many days after they count, when the truck pulls up from Pencil in Philadelphia, it's got the pallet in the back. Hey, we got the we got the pallet. Bring mm. the votes in. How many how many are we lose in Pennsylvania by forty two thousand? We got forty three thousand votes, right? Going to vote by the pound. That's by the way, Democrats got to understand that's not going to happen. You 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 you've got woke capital on your side. We have woke, we have woke MAGA on our side. It's not going to happen, right? You're going. This is going to be every ballot. 80 million, every ballot's going to be contested. And hopefully law enforcement this time around recognizes that this election is going to impact you like you can't believe. So we want you guys on the ball. <laughs> Jack Maxey just calls out the state to help out here because it's in your guys' interest. Okay, we got Darren Beatty. He's talking about is it the end of American democracy or the revolver. Also a big breaking story in Stanley McChrystal next on War Room Pandemic. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I want to thank the War Room uh, Pandemic posse, hashtag War Room Pandemic in the live stream. Lorna, Lorna uh, reminds me, it's 10 years ago today that uh, um, Generation Zero was actually pushed out as the Tea Party movement and the big... The biggest historic flip of the House, I think, since 1932, the Tea Party movement. We'd actually premiered the film at the Tea Party convention with Sarah Palin and others back in, I think it was in February in um, Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, Sean Hannity, Jesse Waters, who was just a kind of a, a young guy, saw it, and Jesse loved it. And they, late at night, I was on Hannity, the thing exploded, uh, and, uh, and there you have it. 
changed it changed uh, the arc of the uh, 2010 campaign as people embraced this film it became the big Tea Party film. Also, the Red Bull Patrol from a little not quite hashtag War on Pandemic reminds me <laughs> reminds me the Red Bull Patrol reminds me that in this t- talking about cheating in the 29 ways it really cuts to a much bigger issue. This is about sovereignty. And that's absolutely correct. That's just not about privileges of citizenship. This is about sovereignty. They're trying to steal the sovereignty of the country by having illegal votes, uncertifiable votes. An uncertifiable uncertifiable vote, as I said on Showtime last night, does not count. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Or when Pelosi's telling people, don't be afraid of the ICE agents. <laughs> yeah, no, what, what are you talking about? If it's, you're a citizen... It's called, it's called foreign a, interference. If you're, <laughs> if you're a citizen, you don't have a problem with an ICE agent. Okay, I want to now. We got Darren Beatty, the hottest, the new drudge. God, is drudge bad. <sighs> Over the weekend, just horrific. Uh, we got Darren Beatty from Revolver. Hottest site. You got Citizens Free Press. You got all these sites. They're all competing. I love it. It's a, it's a Darwinian environment out there for clicks. Canon 212, Citizens Free Press, National Pulse, all these new emerging sites are amazing. Revolver is fantastic. You can go there and hang out all day. Um, so we'll talk to us about the end of the democracy. I want to talk about that piece, and then I want to go to the McChrystal piece. What do you, what do you got for us, Darren? Just really quickly, on uh, Revolver.news, the new... Nobody on the left. Okay, that's not... Um, Revolver.news, the uh, new Drudge Report, as you say, and as the president himself has said, there's a new um, piece out, and it's on American democracy and how it's more fragile than we think. And over the course of the past few months, um, the public conversation has kind of witnessed various scenarios as to how the Democrats could maybe steal the election, and curiously enough, it's often framed by the Democrats themselves projectively as ways that Trump might steal it, but of course it's what they're planning. Um, This piece that you referenced at revolver.news actually goes into great detail drawing upon knowledge uh, of uh, kind of procedural matters in various components and ways of how you know the Democrats could steal the election. It goes from, say, the House of Representatives Um, the procedures involved in certifying the election and what pitfalls exist there. It gets into the prospect of an electoral tie and what might happen there. It gets into the prospect of a tie in the Supreme Court. There's a possibility that we won't have, you know, Barrett nominated uh, successfully put to the court in time and there could be a tie in the court. And so there are all these scenarios that probably the, you know, the ordinary citizen is not prepared for, um, and possibly the people who should be prepared for it in the GOP, in the campaign, um, the various states are not prepared for it either. And so this piece is just kind of a rundown. It's actually kind of a terrifying piece when you think of all the different possibilities and scenarios that can play out. And again, just... You know, if you want to get into the weeds, just go to revolver.news and read the various scenarios. It's extremely thorough and detailed. But just as a general concept, what we need to understand is that the Democrats are doing everything that they can to fight this election on the streets and in the courts because they can't win it at the polls. And this piece draws upon that basic reality and says, here are all the ways 
that the Democrats, through their team of lawyers, through their institutional power in other domains, can shift the locus of democratic decision-making to anywhere that they have the advantage, and that's basically everywhere but with the American people. And so it's imperative that we all read this. I think everyone should read this piece, but especially I hope the relevant campaign officials, election officials, um, the lawyers, the state government people all need to read this piece so they can be prepared here's, here, on the various here, 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 scenarios. Here's, here's, here's what jumps off the page. Here's what jumps off the page. I want to get Raheem yep. in here. Look, Barrett, it, it's it, bottom line because they force it. You have to have a ninth justice. It's outrageous. You have to have it or you're going to have chaos. For the good of the republic, you have to have a ninth justice. Here's the problem. When you read your right. piece and look at the analysis we've done, and Miles Guo said this. He said, hey, the CCP, the biggest weapon they have is not their nuclear arsenal, not even their biological weapons arsenal. It's social media and technology. We have played footsies with the oligarchs in Silicon Valley. When you read the piece, Darren Beatty's, and compare it to what you've seen on National Pulse and do the analysis, and we've got everybody woke, lawyers now, people stand up to Antifa and Black Lives Matter on the street, all that. The thing that we're not, up, we're not up armored on is social media. You've got the oligarchs in Silicon Valley, Zuckerberg, and you got the guy at Twitter, you know, Twitter Jack. You got all of that, and they're going to they're gonna already telling you, hey, we're not going to call a winner. It's, you know, Zuckerberg's up there with the, you know, the alien look, and he's AI uh, saying, hey, it's election month. We got to count every ballot, right? You're seeing it already. So, Darren, before we go to the McChrystal piece, how do you get over the oligarchs of Silicon Valley? What, tell me what your recommendation solution is. Well, uh, unfortunately, that is a very long battle. And like so many things, it should have been something that we've taken seriously years ago. Right now, I think the best thing to do is simply to be vigilant, to, to know what they're planning, to call them out, and to find as much as possible alternative means of communicating and coordinating. Uh, Facebook is not doing us any favors in terms of allowing coordination, um, allowing us to get out the message on as far as how uh, the Democrats might be stealing the election. And so people need to find alternative means of coordinating using uh, lists using other other mechanisms, but yeah. really the the tech problem is a big long-term problem. It's another reason why we need. I got. Trump I, got, in a I, got term I, I, I love that. You know, don't worry about a second term. We don't have to second. Here's what you got to do. You got to get Rona, yeah. Rana McDaniel and the RNC should go into court tomorrow. FEC and sue for collusion. Mainstream media, uh, Zuckerberg, back them off. Get a Senate hearing up there. I don't want to hear Lindsey Graham, these guys, and Lindsey Graham, good guy. I don't hear all the whining and hand wringing. Oh my God, we did a terrible weekend up in that roller coaster. Hey, it's called a fourth turning. It's going to get a lot more roller coastery, okay? You ain't seen nothing yet, brother. Wait till after the evening of November 3rd. You got to get in there and put these oligarchs on notice, do you not, Mr. Raheem Kassam? So I had Terry Schilling on from the American Principles Project on the 3 p.m. show last week on Friday and or, or Thursday. And he actually told us they are because they've had ads taken down from Facebook. The, even when, by the way, the, the, little, the little thing that came up, the little pop-up box they had, 
Fact check said we could not find anything in here which was factually inaccurate. However, we do feel there are claims which are lacking context. Didn't say what the claims were or what the lack of context was. Shut the ads down. So APP are actually taking the next legal step, which is a, a full complaint to the FEC and a full uh, calling for a full investigation by the FEC. Now, Darren's right in one sense. It takes time. But I think there are a million things we could be doing right now that, that, that heap the pressure onto the other side. Last time I looked, we could, the Justice of the attorney general reports a guy named Donald Trump. I understand everything takes time. This is an emergency. Our democracy is on the line. They played footsies with these oligarchs for four years. Okay, these oligarchs despise President Trump and they detest even more than President Trump the deplorables. They see the deplorables as a problem. Okay, problem they need to deal with. These guys need to be shut down today. We don't need Zuckerberg lecturing us. On its election month. Hey, I don't care what you have to say, Zuckerberg. we got to pull the plug on you. And I said that from day one in the Twitter, guys. It's now time to act. So tell me, Darren, Raheem, what are the actions I can take today? Don't get to, I don't want to hear antitrust in the second term because it ain't going to be a second term unless you take care of these oligarchs immediately. Well, here's, here's one thing that I think is realistic that would make a difference. I think the president himself needs to issue many more direct appeals to the American public along the lines of the messaging he's done um, at uh, Walter Reed. These short Twitter videos are actually very effective. He can do these often and not just from Walter Reed. He can do these from the White House. They get tremendous engagement. He should be doing multiple um, videos like this every day. And I think that's you know a very effective way to bypass the censorship. It you know raises the stakes in the sense that of course Twitter can put a notification and censor the president, but forcing them to do it to him directly, I think okay. risks a kind okay. of backfire in the way that you don't get when it's I've, the president's we've supporters. We've got about we've got about two minutes. Let's pivot to the McChrystal piece because that's the one that got my attention over the weekend. Walk us through. You got two minutes. Walk yeah. us through McChrystal. Okay, so the full piece is very, very sobering, very important. Go to revolver.news and read the full piece. Stanley McChrystal is a general who recently joined the, uh, uh, the myriad of national security professionals, quote unquote, for Biden. And he has a very disturbing employment history, even by military industrial swamp standards. He was advising a company that whose purpose was to repurpose DARPA-funded information warfare tools against Trump supporters and in favor of Biden. Now, you can go to revolver.news, read the whole story, but what's the take-home? What's important Hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you back... Hold on, stop, stop. How do you back that up? That's a pretty bold claim. Back that up, right? Well, how do you back that up? Well, I mean, it's it's simply been reported. It's the company's own stated purpose that they are repurposing DARPA-funded information warfare technology that traces people's networks. It traces how information goes viral. It's all of this that was developed in order to combat extremism of foreign adversaries that's being repurposed domestically. I want to make a very quick point, but important, as to what... What does this all mean in the most general sense? What this means is that broad swaths of our own national security apparatus is repurposing their tools 
to deploy domestically against Trump supporters. But people need to understand these national security types, they're not all the patriotic G.I. Joes and suave James Bonds that we have in our imagination. These are deeply anti-American bureaucrats who have control over vast budgets and are repurposing the budgets and the technology they have to crush dissent domestically. You see this with McChrystal. You see this with the bevy of military brass that's attempted to thwart Trump at every turn. You see this in the recent news of the Department of Homeland Security which is now giving millions and millions of dollars in grants uh, to third parties in order to crush, quote-unquote, any, anything to do with nationalism. They call it white supremacy, but we all know it simply means going after the deplorables who don't like open borders. The entire national security apparatus is at risk of being repurposed and redeployed against the American people. This is a huge danger, and Darren Tucker Carlson and yeah. others... Yep, yep. Uh, go to the Revolver. We're going to get to it more in the next segment. I want to thank you. Darren Beatty, former White House speechwriter at Revolver.News. We're going to come back in a second. We got some breaking news as soon as we come back over pandemic. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We've got some breaking news out of New York, uh, Jack Maxey. Yeah, a little prayer request for our listeners. Dan Bongino, who we all know is a great fighter for this country and for the MAGA cause. Uh, he was found to have had a tumor in his neck. He's up in New York. He's going into surgery on Wednesday morning. I want everybody to be thinking about him and saying a little prayer for him because he's to, a fighter. He's a fighter, one of the great warriors. Dan Bongino, also a Bongino report, absolutely fabulous. Another response to Drudge. Uh, Vish, we got, what's happening with the White House press pool? Yeah, uh, Francesca Sh- uh, Chambers uh, just tweet, uh, tweeted about 30 minutes ago that the uh, White House press pool is headed to Walter Reed right now. The press pool is out there. I think that means that's probably more, Raheem, than just doing a press conference with the doctors. That probably means there may be movement of the asset. Yeah, I think if the White House press pool is being called there, it's probably, um, well, there's two things. There may be a, there may be a press conference uh, early this afternoon, and you may but see the, movement pre- later this afternoon. You mean the press conference with the president, not just the doctors. That's the reason they would go out. Could be White House staff. I don't think they take me out for that. I think this is. I think it's big. I think it's something with the president. You would just leave the White House guys there and just do it with the guys. You already got a team out at uh, at Walter Reed. It, it, the doctors. That's come true. Out. But remember, remember how much complaining there was from the press pool yesterday when they didn't get to do a ride along with the president. That was not complaining. That's whining. Sure. Okay. I want to go back to um, uh, Revolver and Darren Beatty. Both things: the democracy piece first, and then the McChrystal piece. Thoughts, observations, commentary. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to go through much detail on the um, on the McChrystal piece, so I'll stay clear of uh, opinionizing on that. The one that I, I, I looked into significantly was this um, American democracy is far more fragile than you think. I've pasted it into the live chat so people can access it there. One of the things I thought was really interesting was point five that was made in this article, and it's headlined President Pelosi. Um, the Presidential Succession Act uh, details that if there is still a dispute on January the 20th, then Nancy Pelosi will become 
acting president. However, the case is then made that while Pelosi is the likely Speaker of the House in this scenario, she doesn't have to be. The Speaker is elected at the beginning of each Congress, and in 2019, 15 Democrats refused to back Pelosi. She was confirmed by a narrow majority of just five votes. So actually, we don't even know if it would be Pelosi. could be somebody far more worrisome, far more left-wing, far more likely to use the apparatus of the acting presidency to prosecute people in that time period. I want all the MAGA people to embrace President AOC. Would she be (laughs) over 35? I think, would she make the... No. She can't make the age cut? Do you have to make the age cut to to be... I guess you do. Okay, we'll have to... Okay. Yeah. So no AOC this time. Next time. We'll get it. I'm an AOC fan. I want more bar. I said this from day one. I want more bartenders, fewer lawyers. Um, okay, let's go to. I want to go to the polling. Yeah, we, we must get into this. I want to go to your article the other day. And I said, is Raheem trying to make me feel better or trying to make, you know, because everybody comes around and says, oh, no, the polls, it's fake news, everything like that. You had an article the other day that went back and deconstructed where we are with the Democracy Institute. I want you to explain who they are, why they're important. The article was up on National Pulse. Walk us through it. Yeah, I want to start with why on on um, it was. I think Saturday. We morning, got plenty right? of time. We'll do the next segment too on this. So take your time. This is important, folks. Get the get the pads out with the number two pencils. Start <laughs> writing this down. So it was yesterday morning. It was Sunday morning, and I see this poll out, and uh, and everybody's tweeting it. The uh, NBC Wall Street Journal poll. And so I look into it, as I do with all these things. The first thing I go to is not the is not the headline numbers. The first thing I go to is the methodology. Should I even waste my time reading the rest of this poll if, if, if the methodology is poor? So I go into the methodology, and sure enough, once again, as we've discussed previously on this show, the sample rate, the sample size, it, it, it's just, look, it's the way most of these polls work. And the polls that I have personally found most reliable for the work that I have uh, done or been a part of are the polls which sample more evenly, more fairly. So the NBC Wall Street Journal poll samples 35% Democrats, 27% Republicans, and 38% Independents. So in Why other- do they pick those numbers? So they will tell you that they pick those numbers because uh, that is a once you blow it up, once you once you um, you know uh, make it a nationally representative sample with all the uh, mathematical voodoo that those are nationally representative samples of how people vote. The only problem is that is constantly proved incorrect. It was proved incorrect during Brexit. It was proved incorrect in 2016. Uh, so I, I I don't buy polls that have a pl- dem plus eight sample change now. I'll tell you why it also sits poorly with me, is that the last one they did, the very same type of methodology, very same sample size, very same margin of error, was only a Dem plus three. And what happened with this poll and their last one? So the last NBC poll had Biden up by five points, right? Now, they changed the methodology, and suddenly they have Biden up by six points. In other words, what they're doing is they're sampling more Democrats in order to shift their end result. And that took me on to uh, the Sunday Express Democracy Institute poll. Now, a lot of people won't know what either of those two things are, right? The Sunday Express is an old right-wing tabloid from the United Kingdom. Uh, But I happen to know their lead political editor pretty well. But it's got great coverage, and it's been right on Brexit from the beginning. Yeah. These guys, you know, Sunday Express... You know, the, the, it's not the Financial Times, it's not the Times right. of London, but hey, if you look at their track record of understanding, they, they are the deplorables of England's newspaper, right? 
to a degree. And, they, and they've, been, they've been more right than wrong and have a great feel for this. So they have a terrific track record. Yeah, I mean, The Express is the paper that still has a Crusader as its logo, okay? So let's just... But, but here's the thing. It's, it's been the only stalwart... I mean, even The Telegraph, which is supposed to be on the right, oh, is now kind of that. all like uh, critical we race theory. We, we started Breitbart London because those guys are so weak. Right, and The Spectator too, and so on and so forth. So The Express, while, while it does carry kind of these Daily Mail-type UFO stories on its website, these clickbait-type stories, if you actually get into their political coverage, they actually have very good political reporters there, people like David Maddox. Uh, and David Maddox and, and Patrick Basham, who runs the... Um, runs the Democracy Institute here in Washington, D.C., they collaborated on a new poll, and the poll actually has the weighting, and I even got a message from uh, Maddox after the uh, after the National Pulse article uh, walked through this. He said this was the best take that I've seen on our polling and why our polling tends to be correct. So they got Brexit correct. Uh, they got 2016 correct, um, and, and were one of the only ones to do so. And what the Democracy Institute and Sunday Express poll shows is that President Trump is actually leading, beating Joe Biden. Now, it's only by 1%, so that's in the margin of error, but it's in no way, shape, or form this minus 6, minus 8 numbers that we're getting from the NBC and the Wall Street Journal. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back with a whole another hour of our own pandemic. Going to have the new federal state of China talking about their support and love of President Trump and the CCP's hatred President Trump, particularly with the CCP virus, and also Rahibi Sound is going to finish talking about polling. All next, War in Pandemic.